It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm Maria Bartiromo. I'm Greg Gutfeld. I'm Liz Clayman, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Tuesday, August 22nd, 2023. I'm Jennifer Griffin, Chief National Security Correspondent for Fox News. As Ukraine's counteroffensive against the Russian military enters its fourth month, two NATO allies agreed to provide F-16 fighter jets to Ukraine after the White House finally gave a green light to the deal. Russia had months to prepare for Ukraine's counteroffensive, laying row upon row of landmines and digging trenches reminiscent of World War II. It's easy for the Western experts to analyze the situation, but it's not like we are in a Harry Potter movie where we can get on a broom and fly over the minefields. We need to meticulously go over them meter by meter. This is the Fox News Rundown, Evening Edition. Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow Podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. The Netherlands and Denmark are now training Ukrainian pilots. President Zelensky visited a Dutch airbase to thank the West for the 42 warplanes, something that my guest, Yuri Sack, an advisor to Ukraine's Minister of Defense, has been pleading for. Sack, a leading Ukrainian spokesman, focuses on countering Russian propaganda. In an exclusive interview with Fox, he takes issue with a new U.S. intelligence assessment that says Ukraine's counteroffensive is stalled, indicating that Kyiv won't be able to reach its objective, cutting off the Russian military's land bridge to Crimea by winter. Here's National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan. No, we do not assess that uh, the conflict is a stalemate. Ukrainians are operating according to their tactics and their timetable, making progress according to the strategic and operational decisions of their commanders and their leadership, and will continue to support that. But some U.S. officials believe Ukraine's forces have focused too much on the town of Bakhmut, which is not a strategic location, and need to focus more on breaking through Russian front lines in the south. The Biden administration will be asking Congress for $13 billion in military aid on top of the $31 billion in weapons and humanitarian aid already allocated, a small portion of the Pentagon's annual defense budget, which experts say is a minor price to pay to break the Russian military. The Ukrainian armed forces um, are moving forward on a daily basis steadily and achieving success. We are speaking to Yuri Sack, a top advisor to Ukraine's defense minister, about the ongoing counteroffensive. In the east, in the south, we are liberating meter by meter. Sometimes it's a kilometer, sometimes it's less, sometimes it's more. But it's definitely not a stale, uh, mate. It's not uh, a stall. Uh, uh, it's not a, a counteroffensive that has stolen because we are moving forward, and that's the main thing. Even during the last uh, week, we have liberated a number of villages, and for us, every inch of our territory is very important. So that's number one. Uh, that's the first point I wanted to make. That we are moving forward. Now, the second point is that, uh, of course, we hear these voices 
uh, of hesitance, these uh, voices which wouldn't doubt the ability of the Ukrainian army to carry out the counteroffensive and liberate Ukrainian lands. But I would like to uh, gently and kindly remind us all that we have heard many of those voices in February 2022, and they were saying that Kiev will fall within three days and Ukraine will be conquered by the terrorist state Russia in seven days. Now, that never happened. And the reason that never happened is twofold. Number one is the determination and heroism of the Ukrainian people. And number two is, of course, the support that we receive from our partners and primarily from the United States of America. So running ahead of myself, I would like to use this opportunity to again thank the American people, the American government, the American taxpayers, for standing with us shoulder to shoulder. And Jennifer, I would like to, in answering the question about the pace of counteroffensive, I would like to recall a quote by Mike Tyson, who famously said that everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. Now, we are coming up against defense lines that have been built by the Russians for over four months. Millions, literally millions of mines. Sometimes on one square meter, you will get five different mines, anti-personnel, anti-tank. Now, that means that in certain parts of the front lines, we are not even able to use the equipment, the machinery. It has to be, the demining has to be done manual, manually. And as soon as our deminers are out in the field, what happens, of course, Three minutes after that, there are Russian drones above their heads, which means that five minutes after that, there will be an artillery strike. So, you know, one of our soldiers said to me that it's easy for the Western experts to analyze the situation, but it's not like we are in a Harry Potter movie where we can get on a broom and fly over the minefields. We need to meticulously go over them meter by meter. And I would finally like to stress that priority number one for the Ukrainian armed forces, for our command, military and political command, is the lives of our personnel. We are not Russians. We are not going to use the meat grinder tactics. We are not using our soldiers as cannon fodder. That's why we'd rather go slower, but we will make sure that we save the lives of our soldiers and little by little, we will achieve victory. There is also a report again in the Washington Post this weekend saying that the Ukrainians are war weary. Is that accurate? What is the morale right now from your perspective? Well, as our President Zelensky said, Jennifer, if you look into the eyes of the Ukrainian soldiers today, they are tired. But if you look in the eyes of the Russian soldiers, they are scared. Now, that is the key to our victory. We are destroying Russian life force, Russian equipment on a daily basis at very, very high rate. They are degraded and demoralized. But having said that, we have never underestimated our enemy. And this is why, you know, we'd rather underpromise and overdeliver. Of course, you know, uh, it's been more than a year and a half now. Of course, you know, nobody has seen a war of this intensity, scale and magnitude since the Second World War. Look, just from the beginning of this large scale invasion, Russia has launched at Ukraine over six and a half thousand missiles, ballistic and cruise. Russia has launched at Ukraine over three and a half thousand drones, Iranian drones, Russian drones. Now, Ukraine continues to be the target of missile terror, of 
terror which Russia does with a view to putting the world at hunger and destroying the grain deal and destroying the chances of millions of people to be fed. Russia continues to blackmail the world with the nuclear disaster. They have blown up the Kachovka dam. And we are seeing that there are certain things happening on the largest European nuclear power plant in Zaporizhia. So all of this is saying one thing. We need to end this in Ukraine as soon as possible. Jennifer, there is one question. I get it quite often, almost on a daily basis, from your colleagues from around the world. And it's simple. When will this war end? And, you know, when I'm speaking to the media, it's easy for me to find, try to find these answers, to explain them rationally. But what is difficult for me is when I get the same question from my eight-year-old daughter and from my 12-year-old son. Because on the one hand, I don't want to lie to them. It's a hard war. We are taking losses. We are fighting, but it's a hard war. On the other hand, I have to be optimistic. My children and millions of Ukrainian children are asking the same question. So trust me, myself and people like me around Ukraine, we want to end this war as soon as possible. This is why we're so grateful for the support that we receive, and in particular, the most recent decision of the United States government to approve the transfer of F-16s to Ukraine. Now, this is something that has really um, will change the course of war, and we are so grateful for uh, this to the United States of America. We've been speaking to Yuri Sack, an advisor to Ukraine's defense minister. More after this. How will that change uh, the course of the war in the sense that it's going to take a while for your pilots to be trained on them and for them to be delivered? When will it actually have an impact from your perspective? Jennifer, it already has an impact from the moment of the announcement, because I would like to stress that F-16s, in addition to being one of the best airborne platforms, one of the best fighter jets out there, F-16s for Ukraine are also a symbol of our inevitable victory. We know from our intelligence how scared, how terrified Russians are that Ukraines will receive the F-16s because F-16s are multi-role, versatile. You know, we have already started training our pilots, our crews, support crews, logistics, engineers. And of course, it's a complex platform. It's not going to happen overnight. We are hoping that the first F-16s will actually, and this, um, a, an announcement to this effect was made actually uh, during the recent trip by President Zelensky to European countries by the leaders of Denmark. So the first couple of F-16s are probably going to be in Ukraine uh, by the end of this year. Uh, but the first crews and the, the first squadrons, if you like, of F-16s will be combat ready, hopefully by the beginning of next summer. Of course, it's a long period of time. And of course, this announcement will not have an immediate impact on the current counteroffensive. But it gives, as a symbol, it gives so much inspiration to us because it shows to us that our allies, led by the United States of America, will stand with us no matter what. Our allies will provide us with the weapons that we request. And I would like to stress that you know, the word impossible will probably have to be redefined in the Webster Dictionary, because this whole war was about the art of impossible becoming possible. Everything we've asked for, stingers, javelins, tanks, heavy artillery, HIMARS systems, now F-16s, 
At first, it was impossible. Now it is possible. And it is possible for one reason, because as a coalition of free nations, we all have a very good understanding what we are standing up against. This is not just about some obscure territories in the east or south of Ukraine. This is not even about Crimea. This is even bigger than just about the Ukrainian people. This is about the stance of the coalition of free nations against tyranny. Now, the outcome of the war in Ukraine will determine the course of history for the generations to come. We are confident in that as our allies understand that. The United States understand that. So once again, we are thankful for the support. We will prove all the skeptics wrong. We have in the past, it will happen again. And F-16 as a symbol and as, as a force on the battlefield will play a major role. And lastly, Yuri, uh, there are some who say that the Russians have been holding their Sukhoi, their air force in, back, and that they still have a huge amount of firepower uh, if they were to unleash the Sukhois. Why hasn't Russian used the full weight of their air force? Or what is your assessment of that? Jennifer, the terrorist state Russia from what we are seeing, is already a failed state. Now, we have been saying for a long time that Russia is not the second largest and most powerful army in the world. Russia is a paper tiger who banks on fear. Russia is a paper tiger who wants the world to believe that it is so powerful and scary that it can escalate this war to unseen before levels. And this is the tactics of fear-mongering, which Russia is using to dissuade our partners from supporting Ukraine militarily. They are constantly trying to draw these hypothetical red lines, which we have so far during the last year and a half crossed so many times. Now, so this is to say that Russia is a paper tiger, and the only way we can stop this war from escalating further, and this is something our president, Mr. Zelensky, said yesterday during his trip, is we have to all make sure that we end this war in Ukraine and we do not allow it to spill over the Ukrainian borders further west. Now, this is all possible if we all stand together, if Ukraine continues to receive the military support. And, you know, we are confident that this is going to happen. Thank you so much, Yuri. Thank you for your time. And let's please stay in touch. Absolutely, Jennifer. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. And now, stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen ad-free on Fox News Podcasts Plus on Apple Podcasts. And Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on Amazon Music. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.